Welcome to the podcast of Grace Crossing Church, where life and faith intersect. Well, good morning. It's so good to be here with you. I want to welcome all of you that are here, as well as those of you that may be visiting um, after our Easter services. Weren't those an incredible time last Sunday? It was tremendous to hear, yes, tremendous to hear the, the baptisms and the testimonies of how God is changing lives right here at Grace Crossing. Well, I'm really excited to kick off a new series that we just saw there. It's a series entitled Breathe, and we're going to be focusing on the person and work of the Holy Spirit. We'll be spending the next seven weeks going over areas such as understanding who the Holy Spirit is, recognizing and learning how to steward and use the spiritual gift or gifts that he's given us, and then the importance of love as we uh, live out those gifts, and then lastly, being aware of how the Holy Spirit is revealed through the fruit of the Spirit. You know, sometimes this whole area of the Holy Spirit is, it can be a little spooky. Uh, We can get a little fearful. Uh, Maybe that comes from just not understanding a lot about the Holy Spirit, or maybe it comes from some different experiences that we've had. Maybe they've been awkward or they're just hard to explain um, when the Holy Spirit is involved. But whatever it might be, and I've gone through that same journey. I've had my own spookiness and some of the fears as I've gone on this journey with the Holy Spirit. I hope throughout this series that we can begin to calm some of those fears and begin to bring some reality to any spookiness that might be there. Well, our big series Our series big idea will be this as we go through the next seven weeks. The Holy Spirit working through the body of Christ makes the invisible God visible. And the verse there in 1 Corinthians 12, 7 is, Now to each one, the manifestation, the the gifts that I talked about of the Spirit is given for the common good. You'll discover in this series that those of you that have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ also have the Holy Spirit within you, and you've been given specific gifts or a gift. That's the manifestation, and it's for the common good. God wants to use it here at Grace Crossing to build up his church, but he also wants to build up his worldwide church at the same time. You know, for some of you, when I say this uh, word spiritual gifts, Maybe you don't know what I'm talking about. So for some of you, it's going to be like a Christmas morning when you got that gift that you didn't expect. And there it is, and you're going to get to unwrap that gift. That's what we're going to start with next week um, as we continue our series. But this morning, we're going to focus on the promise of the Holy Spirit that Jesus spoke about just before he died and was resurrected to go up to heaven. But before we do that, I'd like to take a time just to pray for our time, pray for this series, and also remember Pastor Gill. He's in Albania uh, these next few days. He's continuing the work where the Lord has called him to develop and train future leaders in the worldwide church right there in Albania, and he's there right now. I also want to lift up Josh Bertram. Pastor Josh is gone, getting some needed R&R after the Easter season, and um, it's, it's important. It's important that we take those times of rest. So please bow with me and let's pray together uh, before we get started. Heavenly Father, 
Thank you so much for the ways that you're using Pastor Gill beyond Grace Crossing Church, Lord. You want to use him and continue to allow him to use his gifts of developing leaders, Lord, in Albania. So I pray your Holy Spirit would come upon him, would give him confidence, would give him clarity as he teaches and as he instructs and as he listens to these young leaders in Albania that really want to grow and be developed to be all that you've called them to be, Lord, to further your kingdom right there in Albania. I pray, too, for Josh, who just needs, needed some uh, R&R. I pray that you would meet him and refresh him and give him the strength that he needs, Lord God, um, throughout tomorrow. And Lord, we come before you. In spirit, we ask that you would teach us and lead us more to get to know you more. We want to understand you and we want to know the role that you have in our lives and the relationship that you have. Sometimes when it comes to the Father and the Son, the Holy Spirit doesn't get as much teaching or talking. And I pray this series, Lord God, would draw us in and bring us closer into a relationship with the Holy Spirit. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I want to tell you about an incredible friendship. It's a friendship that started and includes three boys when they were 10 years old. And it all started when one of those boys got up enough courage to go knock on the door of a new family that just moved into town. That knock led to 43 years of friendship between them. And this friendship continues to go strong to this day. What are the key characteristics of a solid friendship that could go that many years? One is loyalty. These friends only spent two years living together in in the same neighborhood, but they were intentional to visit each other during holiday and summer breaks throughout their elementary school, middle school, high school, college, and on into their adult lives. One of those friends actually took a Greyhound bus to go visit one of those friends after they moved away, traveling through three states, 10 to 12 hours, all by himself. Now, I know in this day and age, that doesn't fly. But back then, it was much safer, and it worked out just fine. As they live in these three different states, with families now, they still get together each year. Another trait of this friendship was compassion. These friends were there for each other, whether good times or bad. They went and were with each other through parents' divorces and deaths in their family, diseases in their family. One of the friends went through a death of a brother and a a parent's divorce within three years, and they were both there for each other. Another friend flew in early to spend time with one of the friends who had just lost his dad. The other key characteristic is advice and counsel. They were always there for each other to give counsel and advice, whether it was faith decisions, girlfriend choices, college choices, career decisions. They spoke truth and love. They weren't afraid to share at a gut level with one another if they didn't think it was in the best interest of that friend. They stayed strong in those areas. And sometimes it led to arguments and sometimes fights but they worked it out and they moved on. Another key trait is encouragement. They continually encouraged each other. The three of them came to Christ in high school 
And they continue to encourage each other in their walk with Jesus Christ. They encourage each other to be good dads and faithful husbands, often doing this with frequent phone calls. And the last area was just support. They ended up playing college football together. And even though one would start before another, they were in each other's corners and they supported each other. They stood up for each other at each other's weddings and were available when they were needed most. What an incredible friendship, isn't it? It almost sounds too good to be true. Proverbs 18.24 says, There's a friend who will stick closer than a brother. How many of you would like to see a picture of those friends right now? Let's see. There they are. Brian and Dave Marcourt on both sides of me are twins. And this is a picture taken at Lambeau Field just a couple years ago where we got to enjoy time with our our families um, in a game. But they were an incredible godsend to me through the years. And the Holy Spirit, you guys, wants to similarly be that type of friend in our lives. This morning, the big idea is this. The Holy Spirit is like a supernatural friend and desires to help you grow to be more like Christ in all areas of your life. The terms and characteristics that we're going to look at in John 14 and 16 are, interestingly enough, Jesus' words where he uses words of a first century loyal friendship. Some of the characteristics that typified this first century friendship were loyalty, equality, and mutual sharing of possessions, and confidentiality in everything that they shared. And I really believe Jesus is wanting the disciples to understand that even though he's going away, an incredible gift and promise awaits them. And it's actually better that Jesus leaves. He is leaving them with what could be described as a supernatural friend. Let me explain. Jesus was leaving his disciples, and they were very sad. But Jesus said it was best for him to go. Let's pick it up in John 16, 5 through 7. But now I, Jesus, am on my way to the one who sent me, to the Father. Not one of you have asked, where are you going? Instead, the longer I've talked, the sadder you've become. So let me say it again, this truth. It's better for you that I leave if I don't leave the friend. The Holy Spirit won't come. But if I go, I'll send him to you. Why do you think Jesus said it was best for him to go? He knew something the disciples did not. He knew something that we may not. Jesus knew he was limited on earth to time and space. He couldn't be at all, he couldn't be with all people ministering. He could only be where those people were. He could only be with so many people. Also, his mission had been accomplished. And so it was time for him to go. But if the friend, the Holy Spirit comes, he will be able to break those limitations of time and space. The Holy Spirit will be able to be with those believers wherever they go. And I want to break down this word friend because it's a word 
that begins to unpack the roles of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And it's a word that's really hard in the English language to interpret. In fact, the word used by Jesus is paraclete. And, it, and we just can't use one word. We've got to use multiple words to get around what Jesus is trying to say here about the Holy Spirit. And you'll see in your Bible, there's in the varying translations, or even in some Bibles, they'll put three or four words right next to um, what that word means in regards to the Holy Spirit. In one of those words we just saw, it's in the message. The Holy Spirit wants to be your first go-to friend. He wants you to pray and ask him for guidance and the help that you need where normally you'd go to a friend for that. You see, sometimes we go to our friends first. Sometimes we go to our friends more than we go to God. And the Holy Spirit wants us to be, wants us to turn to him as that go-to friend. Well, in all of these descriptions of the Holy Spirit, he wants us to go to him and to bring our needs before him. The second role of the Holy Spirit is the word counselor, and that's in the New Living Translation. The Holy Spirit wants to help you understand what's going on inside, what's going on in your heart, because God prioritizes the heart above all else, and he wants you to understand what is happening in there. He also wants you to turn to him to help counsel a friend. So I know we've got true relationships here, and they're gifted counselors. In fact, one of the spiritual gifts is counseling. But what the Holy Spirit desires is even before we move towards that is to say, Spirit, what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go for the help that I might need? So he wants you to turn to him as a counselor. Another word used for the Holy Spirit here is comforter. The Holy Spirit wants to provide the comfort we need when we need it most. If there's death in a family, if there's a loss of a job, if there's discouraging situations going on in our lives, he wants us to turn to him for the comfort. There's a song that I uh, remember back from high school, and the singer was Paul Smith. And he would sing the song, Comforter, comfort me, Holy Spirit, I need your ministry. And there's many times where when I'm discouraged and things aren't going right, the Holy Spirit will bring that song to mind. And I, and I ask him, I say, comforter, comfort me right now in this situation. I need your ministry right now. The next word that is used is advocate. This is a term used for a defense attorney that has our back, has, is, is, desires to be a constant support to us. The other illustration I like, it's like a boxer in a boxing ring that goes into his corner. He's got a coach. He's got a motivator. He's got a trainer. And their sole desire is to give this boxer the support that he needs in order to get back out into the boxing ring. That's what we have on our side with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has our back. The other one is encourager. I mean, don't we all need encouragement? I often ask the Holy Spirit for encouragement. I encourage you to try it sometime. Say, Spirit, I need to be encouraged. And then I wait. And this is with anything. Whenever you ask the Spirit of the Lord something, don't forget what you asked. Put your antennas up and begin to watch and see what he does. What's happened to me is I'll get a note that I didn't expect that was encouraging. 
I'll have someone come up to me to say an encouraging word that I hadn't seen in a long time. Or, or sometimes circumstances are arranged to bring some encouragement into my life. And the last one is helper. And this is in the New American Standard Bible. The Holy Spirit wants to be the help that we need to live the Christian life. You see, the Christian life is not just hard. It's impossible to live without the Holy Spirit's help. That's one of the primary reasons why Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. He knew we would need the Holy Spirit's help to do all that God would ask us to do. Some of you may feel like you're hitting the wall spiritually, that you've been trying to do a lot of stuff on your own. And I want to encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit to begin to help you to do the things that you know God wants you to do. Oftentimes we lean into a self-sufficiency and we're not relying upon the Holy Spirit. Well, doesn't this all sound amazing? I mean, almost too good to be true that you've got the Holy Spirit in your corner. That's why Jesus said, it's better for you that I leave. If I don't leave, the friend won't come. But if I go, I'll send him to you. That was the promise. And the promise is fulfilled in each of us who have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, I know there's still some ambiguity about the Holy Spirit. So I want to share a little theology 101 with you about the Holy Spirit to clear up some ambiguity. The first theological truth that I want to share with you is the Holy Spirit is personal. He's not a power. Like in Star Wars, may the force be with you. He's not just a thing to relate with. But look at John 14, 17 to see the personal nature of the Holy Spirit. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But catch this. But you know him because he lives, he lives with you now. And later, and this was after the Holy Spirit came, so Jesus is saying, later the Holy Spirit will be in you. There's a personal relationship that the Holy Spirit wants to have. But the Holy Spirit doesn't force himself on you. He wants you to come to him in this direction, understanding his roles, looking, him, looking to him to be the help that he can provide. The Holy Spirit is also personally connected to God the Father and God the Son. Let's look at Matthew 28, 19, which is a part of the Great Commission. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and in the Son and in the Holy Spirit. There's a close connection to all three and whatever happens in the Trinity. In other scriptures that we won't look at, we see that the Holy Spirit can be grieved. The Holy Spirit can be quenched. The Holy Spirit can be lied to. So there's this personal nature of the Holy Spirit sometimes that we don't realize um, that, that, that is a part of this relationship. The second theological truth is that the Holy Spirit is God. He's part of the Trinity. So we, this is another whole sermon, so I'm going to try to be really brief on the Trinity. When it comes to the Trinity, here's my equation. Understanding plus mystery equals the Trinity. What can we understand? What can we be sure of when it comes to the Trinity? 
First, God is three distinct persons. God the Father is not the Son, and the Son is not the Holy Spirit. They're three distinct persons in the Trinity. Number two, each person is equally God. So when we looked at Matthew 28, 19, we don't see that it was the Father, Son, and Michael, the archangel. It's the Holy Spirit. They're equal in being God. The third area, the third thing that we know for sure is there is one God. So you've got an equation. One plus one plus one equals one. That's where the mystery comes in. We've, we've maybe heard some of these illustrations of water. Water is one, but it can be a liquid. It can be steam or it can be a solid or an egg. You've got the shell. You've got the white. You've got the yolk. We can kind of get the idea, but they begin to break down because of the mystery that is in the Trinity. Where do we see the Holy Spirit equated to God? Let's look at Acts 5, 3 through 4. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit. Catch that. And you kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not sell as you wished. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us, but to God. Lying both to the Holy Spirit and to God. The Holy Spirit is in fact God. Another interesting thing in the Trinity is there's an authority structure. When we looked at John 16, 7... We, saw, we see that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. And when we look at John 3.16, we see that for God so loved the world that he gave or sent his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So God the Father sent the Son, and Jesus the Son sent the Holy Spirit. So there's just an authority structure within the Trinity that's really good to know and how things have been carried out in the Bible. The third theological truth that I want to leave with you is that the Holy Spirit came to live in all believers. Let's look at 1 Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. Here we have the church in Corinth. All of them are believers. And Paul is saying, don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you? And was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself. For God bought you with a high price. So you must honor God with your body. Here the Holy Spirit is in each of the believers. But there's a difference throughout the Bible. And how active the Holy Spirit was. In individual believers lives. In the Old Testament. Before the Holy Spirit came. After Jesus left. The Holy Spirit was only active at select times and in select places. For instance, Samson. Samson saw the Holy Spirit come upon him and give him strength to fight the Philistines. Then the Holy Spirit would go. Elijah was the same way. When he wanted to burn up the prophets of Baal, the Holy Spirit came upon him and then the Holy Spirit would go. 
David was the same way. David, when he was trying to make decisions in battle of, should we go after them? Which way should we go? Around them, the front, the back. He asked the Holy Spirit to speak to him. He inquired of the Holy Spirit so that he would get direction in battle. But then the Holy Spirit would go. In the Gospels, it's similar. There's, there's, there's selective times and places where the Holy, the Holy Spirit comes and goes. Except with Jesus. With Jesus, the Holy Spirit was always fully there no matter where Jesus went or what Jesus did. The Holy Spirit was exemplified in power as he ministered and brought healing and did a number of things in people's lives. It's the same way now. From the book of Acts, when the Holy Spirit came in Acts 2, until now, the Holy Spirit, just like it was with Jesus, is fully in us as believers. It doesn't come and go. It stays with us wherever we go, whenever we need help and power from the Holy Spirit. We have, get this, we have the same power that rose Jesus from the dead inside of us. And and the Spirit wants us to tap into that. Jesus wants us to tap in to the Holy Spirit's power. The only thing that separates us when it comes to the Holy Spirit is gifting. And I shared that a little earlier, that we're gonna, we're gonna, we all have different spiritual gifts. What separates someone as a pastor from someone with other different gifts or, or, or in, in regards to the Holy Spirit is just the gift. I have the same Holy Spirit in me that you do. We all have that to tap into. I might have a different gift than you. And that's, that's the beauty of the body. And we're going to get to that next week and talking about spiritual gifts and how God wants to use us to build up his church. But all of us, all of us have that power inside of us. Well, that's the theology portion. Now I want to get into the key characteristics of the Holy Spirit that are really similar to a supernatural friend. The first characteristic is really similar to what I shared with, with my two friends, Brian and Dave Marcourt. It's loyalty. The Holy Spirit will be loyal to you. Let's look at John 14, 16. I will talk to the Father, and he will provide you another friend so that you will always, I want to emphasize that, always have someone with you. He will never leave you. It doesn't matter if you've had difficulties in your family and with parents or relationships where people have left you. You've got a constant in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will never leave you. So connect with the Holy Spirit on that. If you struggle with that inside, and I've had to, because of some of the situations in my life that I've shared. I've had to say, Holy Spirit, remind me that you're always with me. Remind me that you're not gonna leave. And the Holy Spirit does that. He wants to speak that deep into your heart and deep into your soul, that he'll never, ever leave you. The next characteristic is that he's truthful. John 14, 17. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. 
The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and it doesn't recognize him. But you know him because he lives with you now and will later be in you. We looked at this earlier, but I want to focus on the first half of this verse. He will lead you into all truth. He wants to help you get to the truth of the matter in your own life. Get to reality of what you need. And he also wants to help you get to the truth and reality in other people's lives. You know, as I think about this area of the Holy Spirit being truthful, I remember a time uh, back when uh, my wife and I were parenting our teenage daughters. And there was a time we just were at a loss. We, we, we did not know um, how to parent one of our daughters who was going through a really, really difficult time. And I remember both of us just saying, whatever, well, whatever we were trying wasn't working. So I remember us getting on our knees and just praying, saying, Spirit, lead us into truth. Show us inside ourselves if we're not doing something right. And also show us if there's something in our daughter that we need to know and learn in order to help parent her better. Well, the Spirit came in truth in both ways. The first one was with us as parents. We sensed the Spirit together say, give her more rope. Cut back. You're being too strict right now. And that was so different from what we were thinking and how we were parenting. It was a big step of faith, but we both said, okay, we're going we're to take that step. And then as we were praying for our daughter to give us truth, I found out what my daughter was really doing. One Late one night, found out she was coming into the house. I thought she was up in her bedroom and realized something more was going on. And I attribute that help to the Holy Spirit and to that prayer of asking the Holy Spirit to reveal truth to us. The third characteristic of the Holy Spirit is that he's close. And we've talked about this already, that he's personal. But again, in, in John 14, 7, but you, at the end there, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. He is closer than anyone you can get close to. And he will not force himself on you in any way. You know, it was interesting in between services, I was talking, we were talking in the back and, and uh, Pastor Ashley said, well, there is someone that can get closer. If you're a female and you have a baby, a baby inside of you is very, very close. And I got said, yep, you're, you're right. That's true. But the baby leaves and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will always be close to you. The fourth one is that he teaches us. Let's look at John 14, 26. But when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you, get this, everything. He's the teacher. He will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. The Holy Spirit is the one that teaches us. So we need to ask him as we want to learn. Sometimes we're confused with things. Sometimes some of you are teachers and you want to teach stuff and you want to help people to understand stuff. Well, as believers, we've got to ask the Holy Spirit to take what we say and bring it. And he will do the convincing. He will bring the understanding. He will take the scales off of eyes, either our eyes or other people, to bring that spiritual understanding. 
Oftentimes, before I lead a Bible study, I'm reminded of this, and I just say, Spirit, you teach through me. This, this is your role, and you also bring the understanding to the different folks that are in the Bible study. It's just a small thing, but it just reminds us that he's the one doing the teaching. And then again in, in uh, John 14, 26, the, uh, the next characteristic is that he reminds us, okay? And it's the last part of that. It says, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. Anybody forgetful out there with things? I don't know if it's being age 53 or playing football and having a few concussions, but things can get a little cloudy up there sometimes. I'm, I'm thankful that I've got the Holy Spirit. Beyond my spouse, my wife helps me to remember things, or good friends can help us remember things. But the Holy Spirit we can turn to to be reminded of those things that we already know. Those truths that God's given us. The promises that God has given us. Wisdom into situations that we might forget about how we handled a situation. The Holy Spirit can remind us and bring those truths to us. The next characteristic of the Holy Spirit is that he convicts us of our sin. We see this in John 16, 8. And when he comes, the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and of the coming judgment. The Holy Spirit desires to bring conviction of sin in our life so that we don't quench or push away the Holy Spirit. There's nothing that'll push away the Holy Spirit more than sin and allowing that to be there. But get this. When the Holy Spirit convicts us, he's all about this. He's all about supporting us. He's still about his role. He wants to encourage us, support us, be there in our corner. The Holy Spirit is there for our good. He wants the best in us, and he knows the direction that we're going isn't the best. So when he comes, it's always supportive. It's always encouraging. It may be hard, but it'll be really good. Unlike unlike the enemy or our own flesh, when that conviction comes, here's how you can tell the difference. You start to feel like this and rubbed into the sand. The accuser wants to come and just accuse and tell you how bad you are and that type of thing. A real difference between the Holy Spirit and the enemy when it comes to conviction. So it's really important to know where that's coming from when you start to feel conviction. Allow, it, allow the Holy Spirit to do the convicting in your life. You know, it's, it's interesting, this whole idea of conviction. I saw it played out in a movie just a couple days ago that my wife and I watched, the movie Fences. Maybe some of you have seen it. But in this movie, there's two really, really close friends. One's name is Troy, played by Denzel Washington. The other one is Bono. These guys have done everything together. They've grown up together. They're always hanging out. They work together. And it came to a time where Bono had to bring some conviction to Troy in regards to Troy having an affair with his wife. So instead of just ripping into him and laying into him and just, you know, stomping him down and twisting him, he took him gently away from his home so that they were private and no one else would hear. And he calmly told him, 
I know what's going on. I care for you as a friend. I care for your wife. She's a tremendous wife to you. And I don't want to see you ruin it. And it was interesting to see Troy's response to that because he listened and he knew that his friend was really for him. And he left that conversation still really close to his friend and that his friend wanted the best for him. That's the way the Holy Spirit brings conviction to our lives. That's when you can tell it's from him. The next area is that the Holy Spirit, this is cool, will tell you about future events. John 16, 13 says this. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. And get this. He will tell you about the future. The Holy Spirit wants to help you with future decisions that you're trying to make. Just this week, I had a dilemma, and it involved the future. I had a regional conference that I needed to attend to keep my ordination credentials. I only have to go once a year. At the same time, late that night, uh, before I got ready, I was going to leave early the next morning and had to go all the way up to Lima, which is a long way up there, we had a plumbing emergency. Under our kitchen sink, the pipe broke and it had been leaking for some time. We didn't even know it, but it was leaking down into some rags and other things down under your sink and very, you know, I don't look under my sink a lot. And so we had this dilemma where the sink needed to be repaired that next morning and my wife could be there, but she does not prefer to be there with workers by herself. And I, I didn't like that either. So the two of us went to the Lord and prayed, like, Lord, show us what you want us to do with this future decision. Let us know what direction to go. So after we got done praying, we both talked what we sensed that the Holy Spirit was saying. We both said that I should go and my wife should stay behind, even though it's going to be uncomfortable. So I started to, to get ready that next morning um, after we decided because I needed to leave really early in the morning to get up there. And just as I was getting up and after our time of prayer and after that decision, because we also said, Spirit, if you want to change things, we're going to be open to that. Well, just when I got up, I checked my phone because I notified the, the regional um, superintendent the night before, but I didn't know if he'd look at his email because of this conference happening earlier in the morning. But he got on there at about 7 o'clock in the morning and said, I understand you don't need to go. You can stay back and take care of the plumbing situation that you're in. So it was just so cool for me because I realized, like, Lord, you spoke into that. You showed me the direction that you wanted me to go into something into the future that I wasn't really sure about. The last characteristic of the Holy Spirit is honor. Honor. Let's look at John 16, 14. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. The word glory is where I get the word honor. The Holy Spirit is going to honor and glorify Jesus Christ every time. What does that mean when it comes to the word glory? 
I like this illustration. It's like a spotlight. Where is the spotlight? The Holy Spirit will always shift the spotlight on Jesus Christ. You want to know if the Holy Spirit's working somewhere? Ask yourself, where's the spotlight? If you want to know if the Holy Spirit's working in you, ask yourself, where am I putting the spotlight? Because sometimes we like the spotlight on ourselves. But the Holy Spirit will always be about putting the spotlight on Jesus Christ. We've talked about many things. There's many roles of the Holy Spirit, many characteristics of the Holy Spirit. Here's what I want to leave with you. The Holy Spirit wants to do the heavy lifting in your life. The roles that I've talked about, he wants to do those. He doesn't want you doing them or someone else doing those roles. He wants to do those roles and do the heavy lifting. It's so easy in our day-to-day lives to be self-sufficient, to lean on ourselves, or to lean on others too much. That's why Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. He wants us to lean on him so that he will do the heavy lifting in all the areas that I've talked about. Well, I just want you to bow your heads and I just want to have a time of just prayer and reflection before we end our service. I just want to ask you a couple questions to consider. As your heads are bowed, the first question is this. Which characteristic of the Holy Spirit do you need to resent? Do you need to surrender over to Him? Where are you being too self-sufficient and relying on yourself? Admit that to Him. And ask Him to lead and help you in those areas. Remember I said the Holy Spirit, he, He's patient. He's not going to push. He's going to bring you along gently. And, and there's varying degrees of understanding in the whole, of the Holy Spirit in this room. He just wants to move you to that next notch. Take you to that, that, that next degree. And secondly, where are there areas of sin in your life that may be quenching or distancing the Holy Spirit in your life? And I want you to confess that to God. If the Spirit brings something to mind, confess that. Knowing that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He will forgive you as you confess it. And He wants to be close to you. Closer than you could have ever imagined. He wants to be that supernatural friend. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you for your Holy Spirit. We need your Spirit more than we know. We need your Spirit individually in our individual lives to help us, to counsel us, to encourage us, to do all that your Holy Spirit wants to do. And we need your Spirit here at Grace Crossing Church. We want to be a church led by your Holy Spirit. We want to be a church that looks to you for all the roles and characteristics that you play. We need you, Holy Spirit. I pray that you would continue to take us further in growing closer to the Holy Spirit throughout this series. I pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening. 
To learn more about Grace Crossing Church, including service times and directions, check us out on the web at www.gracecrossingchurch.net. We hope to see you at one of our upcoming weekend worship gatherings. Have a great day.